What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of 305 Culture. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Motor City Hoops, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Knuck If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Okay, let's review the Heat's previous week. Miami went 2-1 and one on the week with wins against the Knicks and the Rockets and a brutal loss against the Jazz. We're going to get into that quote into a bit. In a bit, excuse me. Anyway, I have some news for you. You can now listen to the 305 Culture on Dash Radio via the Nothing But Net station. So you can now you can check us out there. And I hope you guys keep supporting supporting us because we have some great content coming your way the coming weeks. So let's get into it. Miami went two and one on the week. Let's start with the first game of the week on Tuesday. The Heat versus the Knicks part two. As uh, to serve as a reminder, the Heat had played the Knicks the previous week on Sunday and they beat the Knicks on New York in in New York. So the Knicks might be looking to for some revenge in this game. The same starting lineup for the first, for the past couple of games. Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Kelly, and Bam. This starting lineup has been pretty effective. So, aside from a few hiccups, but the starting li- this starting lineup, I think Spo has finally figured out what the starting lineup should be going forward, even when Goran comes back from his ankle injury, which I hope he comes back from soon. But I think this is the starting lineup that's going to remain unless a trade happens, which we all know it's more likely than not that a trade will happen. We're also going to discuss a certain rumor um, that came, that surfaced this week later in the show. 
So, let's get into it. Kelly scored Miami's first five points of threes and layups. Jimmy's presence as a primary playmaker in the for this team was so is so crucial because this team relies so much on him because the half court offense without Jimmy is basically is basically non-existent. Jimmy draws fouls. Jimmy can pass the ball, finds cutters, finds shooters. His presence is so big that not even Bam can run the offense as well as Jimmy can. So when Jimmy's on the floor, the Heat offense flourishes. Now the Heat were not letting the Knicks get good shots, and their off and the Knicks offense started off a bit slow. The Heat defense has improved very well. We're now one of the ten best defensive teams in the league, and you know, as the neither the Knicks nor the Rockets scored more than a hundred points on us, which you know is a really, really encouraging sign. The Jazz well, the Jazz massacred us, but hey, we will take what we can't we what we can get. There was a possession where Kendrick Nunn tried to take Mitchell Robinson one on one, and it did not end up well for Kendrick. Kendrick is a bit small to be taking on Mitchell Robinson. He just basically swatted that that shot away. Jimmy was just drawing fouls at a ridiculous rate whenever he plays. It's uh, outstanding, really. Kelly shot it. Is actually shooting it pretty well this game. Precious, Precious has had a rough stretch of games. He has, he has not been very good lately. But I'm, I'm hoping that he can turn it around quickly because we do need him to contribute. And I'm really, ex- I, you know, I, I was really excited to see how he was playing earlier in the season, but now he's falling off a bit. But hey, maybe you can attribute that to the rookie wall, or maybe he's just in a bit of a slump, which happens to everybody. Kelly shot very well in the in the Knicks game. He shot 70% from the field. He only took 10 shots, but he made 7 of those shots and he scored 20 points. And he and 6 of those makes were 3-pointers. So, efficiency. Good for, good for Kelly. After slandering him on the last episode, I think this was a very nice development to, for, for Kelly and for the team as a whole. The Knicks were deploying a pretty interesting strategy. We all know Bam is shooting lights out from at the rim. He's shooting over, around 80% at the rim. But the Knicks, they just said they were going to pack the paint whenever Bam drove to the basket. And it was very effective because the Knicks have the bodies to match with Bam. They have Randall and, and Robinson. So, yeah, the Knicks did a pretty good job guarding the paint in this game. On this, in this game. Derrick Rose made his second Knicks debut. For those that don't know, Derrick Rose is one of my favorite all-time players. He, when I started watching the league, the this game, he was at the top. It was sad what ha- what has happened to him with injury, but I've, I've kept following him. Good for him for, you know, this. Yesterday was Valentine's Day, but you know, find yourself somebody that loves you the same way that Tom Thibodeau loves Derrick Rose. Anyway, the first quarter ended with Miami ahead by two, twenty-seven to twenty-five. After the the Knicks, the Knicks started making their shots and they often stalled a little bit whenever when the bench came in because you know it was Tyler, uh, you know, it was it was Tyler Kendrick, Iggy, and those guys. So the offense suffered a bit without Jimmy's or Jimmy or Bam's presence. In the second quarter, 
it was good to see Gabe Vincent finally knocking down a three because Gabe Vincent has not been shooting it well. He somebody mentioned that he has a beautiful stroke, but he can he can make the shots, which you know I think it's pretty accurate. He's currently shooting twenty four percent from beyond the arc, which is not good for a guy that's six three, and you know he actually he's shooting thirty five percent. From the field as a whole. So not great. I hope he turns it around. Because maybe his fu- his future in the NBA depends on it. Because I thought he was going to be a pretty good shooter. He brings, he brings energy on defense. But he can, he can knock down a three to save his life. Rose and Noel developed a good rapport off the pick and roll. So the Knicks were... The Knicks started to pick it up in the quarter. And they suddenly were leading by 10. After the Heat offense once again stalled out. The Heat offense. This is a huge problem. Miami, the Miami Heat offense is not good. We're one of the four worst offenses in the league. And we need help. We need a, a another playmaker aside from Jimmy, Bam, and Goron. And the front court, Kelly. Kelly's a bit hot and cold. Some people in, on Heat Twitter are in love with Kelly. I am a bit, a bit lukewarm, lukewarm with Kelly. But if we can get some someone better... Then I'm all for it. Let's keep whiskey. Talk about the game here. Jimmy came back. You know, Spoel had to insert him back because we had to come back. And Kelly had it going, of course. So three, th- he already had three triples up to that point. And Miami went on an 11 to nothing run, and they went came within one again. When Jimmy's on the floor, this team is a different animal. I really, I think every Heat fan knows this, but. But yeah, Jimmy Butler is its outstanding. And he's so crucial to our team and what we want to do. And I feel like he's finally falling back in rhythm. So yeah, let's hope that. Let's hope that he keeps it going. Because my my mind, we really do need him. Anyway, Randall struggled that game. After he was basically killing us in the previous game. And, you know, Tyler finally got on the board in the second quarter. Kelly had four threes up to that point, and Tyler made his second straight shot. And it certainly turned into a big, turned into a bit of a back and forth affair. And the quarter and the half ended with Miami ahead 57 to 55. Now, here's an interesting stat from the broadcast. They brought it up in the third quarter. Great job by Eric Reed and John Cardi, as always. Six points from the paint for Miami up to that point, which is a testament to New York's excellent defense. New York is one of the best. The Knicks are one of the best defensive teams in the league, so it's no surprise that they and the Heat are one of the worst offenses in the league. So it's no surprise to see the Heat struggling to be, you know, to be competent on offense at times. Miami's offense was really bad in that quarter, and well. Yeah, it was pretty bad. They scored only 19 points in that quarter to New York's 27. So when whenever you cannot, whenever you fall below the 20 point mark in a quarter, you had a very bad offensive quarter, especially in, to, in today's NBA. The game went was very physical. The rebound, the rebounding was there was a lot of pushing around. Box outs were really fierce, and you know it had a bit of a early 2000s feel to it. You know, the Knicks and the Heat have some history in those 1990s. Then 
particularly 1997 series and all that. So it was it was a pretty fun game to watch. Not not gonna lie. The let's go to the fourth quarter. The third quarter ended with New York ahead 82 to 76. Now in the fourth quarter, the Knicks defense, I, the Knicks defense was suffocating. They were contesting every shot. They fought for every rebound, and Jimmy and Bam were basically carrying the offense. Jimmy and Bam are basically the reason we won this game because if it weren't for them, this game would have been an absolute blowout. You know, you can say that about any team when they don't have their two best players. But hey, the, the, to the degree that they were carrying this team is wow. The Heat were they they went on a ten to two run. Here and here's what I what I wanted to mention. This another great stat from the broadcast. Jimmy and and Bam have they scored almost every point in the second half, up until Tyler Hero scored in the third. Jimmy and Bam had every single point. That's ridiculous. And by the way, Duncan Robinson struggled mightily in this game. And he went 0 for 7. He only had 4 points. And Reggie Bullock, you know, the guy who suddenly decided to get hot in the, sun, the Sunday game, he will, he wasn't that hot tonight, that, that game, excuse me. But he did an outstanding job guarding Duncan and the off-the-ball actions. The, the Knicks did a really good job, st- good job sticking with him. So yeah, it was a pretty nice effort by New York in that department. Tyler put Miami ahead, and the and there was a really wild ending because the Knicks had a chance to take the lead. The Miami was only winning by one, but in the end, Miami won ninety eight to ninety six. Miami shot thirty seven percent from the field in the game. Fourteen made three pointers for Miami and ten turnovers. So you know the ten turnovers, a big improvement for Miami. As we as you know, I have been advocating for the turnovers to be cut down. We're still the worst team in the league in terms of turnovers per game, so that's something that we really need to fix if we wanna if we wanna continue winning. You know, that was the third straight win for Miami, and we're gonna move to their fourth straight win, the game against the Rockets. Same starting lineup for the past few games: Kendrick, Duncan, Jimmy, Kelly, Bam. We got vice versa on national TV on TNT, so you know, we got the Marv Albert, Marv Albert, and Chris Weber broadcast. Which uh, I don't really like, but hey, whatever. We get we get to be on national TV. Just weird because we were we were the we were on the in the finals last season, and I feel like well, this coming week we're gonna have a lot of national TV games, but but it's it's still weird that the team that that basically went to the finals and went toe to toe with the Lakers isn't getting that much national TV games, but. I'm not the one. I'm not worried about that because we all love our Heat, our Miami Heat. Both teams started trading triples to start the game. Heat target Kent PJ Tucker made the first three pointer of the game. He made a corner three, but then he was basically he basically disappeared, which which made me which brought something to my mind that David Ramil in the Locked On Heat podcast mentioned. You should definitely check it out. He he does some great work over there. He mentioned that he doesn't like. The, he's not as enamored with the P.J. Tucker trade idea because he mentioned that P.J. Tucker, he's a small guy, he's played center, and he's been on the, on the end of pretty deep playoff runs against really big guys. And he's already 35, last year of his deal. So maybe he might not be as effective because that guy's got a lot of wear and tear on his body, which 
when I when you really think about it, it makes sense because can you know PJ's a small guy. He's really strong and he's really sturdy, but the the human body can only take so much. Duncan, after being ice cold in the previous game, he started on fire. He had three straight three pointers. Kendrick got two really good looks off Jimmy passes, but he could not he could not convert. You know, Kendrick Kendrick has been a bit hot and cold this in this game. In in the in the in the past couple of games, really, and a stat, a not so pretty part of the broadcast. C. Webb just confused Duncan Robinson with Kendrick Nunn. I think there are some pretty big differences between Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn that I'm not going to explain here. But <laughs> just look at them, and you and you will see what I'm talking about. Demarcus Cousins started to make three pointers. He made back to back threes in the first quarter, and once again, the Miami Heat offense was pretty slow to start. Miami missed their first, missed their ten of their for, of their last twelve field goals up to one point, and with less than two minutes remaining, Miami had only seventeen points in the quarter. Max Truss came in after not playing the last game, which was weird, because well, as the TNT audience noticed, Max Truss, elite shooter. Uh, this was basically the Max Truss coming out party, for, you know, national. <laughs> somebody made a meme that. When people are realizing what a what a Max Truss is, well, us Heat fans have been pretty thrilled with Max Truss. The second quarter started with a beautiful pass from David Nwaba to Yashon Tate. Yashon Tate was pretty good. I haven't wa- I haven't watched Rockets basketball up to, up to this point, but Yashon Tate, he looked he looked pretty good. Maybe the Rockets found another guy. Miami was doing a, the now in the second quarter. Miami did a really good job of rotating and causing turnovers. Their defense was on point, and uh, and a beautiful off the ball action freed none and Bam found him. You know, off the ball actions are are the bread and butter of this team, since you know we don't have a lot of guys that can win one on one. Only maybe Jim, only aside from Jimmy and Bam, maybe Goran when he's healthy and Tyler, but other than that, there are not a there are not a lot of guys here in the on this team that can win one on one. However. With the off-the-ball action, this is why Duncan Robinson is so valuable to this team. The off-the-ball action that he provides, some people are saying that maybe Max Truss could replace him. I don't know. I'm not so sure. People are, are a bit, you know, hesitant to, because, you know, we got to pay Duncan this offseason. But Duncan's off-the-ball off movement is elite. And he keeps defenses honest. He The defense has to, devout, the, has to put resources on him in order to keep him from making crazy shots and for guarding him off the ball, so it's good because he puts a he puts that kind of pressure on the on the opposing defense. So I think that's Duncan's real real value aside from his shooting, his off the ball movement. Miami started drawing fouls in that second quarter, and the Heat defense started to stifle the Rockets. The Rockets' offense is not, uh, I wouldn't call it exactly, I wouldn't call it elite. They don't have a pretty good, actually, they don't have a really good offense. It just, ever since they lost James Harden and Christian Wood now went down, the Rockets have been a bit of a mess. But still, they scored 24 points in that second quarter. Now, the third quarter was when, when things started to take shape. And potential heat target, Victor Oladipo, got a four-point playoff of Kendrick Nunn foul, which... I'm starting to notice uh, uh, this trend on four-point plays where, you know, some you know, our the guys, 
I feel like I feel like they are the defense is getting dealt a really tough hand because some guys they just jump backwards and they get the call and I really really hate that oh by the way uh, John Wall made back to back threes in the second quarter so hooray the Heat were playing drop, drop coverage against him and it was mostly working now Houston went into the half with a 53 to 47 lead but here comes the third quarter. The Rockets only scored 10 points in the third quarter to Miami's 28. Now this was an excellent quarter for Miami. They start off slow in the game, but my mind this this quarter it was the opposite of a third quarter. Well, it was a third quarter for the Rockets, but not for Miami, you know, who are known for for you know, last season they had a, a they struggled on the third quarter. Kendrick finally made a three. Bam started the drop coverage and Wall finally started to work. Wall shot an air ball. The Rockets' offense was unraveling. Jimmy made his first, his, sorry, Jimmy made a three. Finally, he made, he made, he was starting to make threes. Actually, he made at least one three in the last, in, I think, in every game of the week, which, hey, an improvement. He, ha he hadn't made a three up, up until this week. So, you know, I think, you know, it's really weird because Jimmy, I, I remember whenever, before Jimmy came to Miami, I don't remember him being such a terrible shooter from outside. He wasn't particularly a prolific shooter. He was an, a, he was a below average shooter, but now he's just terrible from, from three. I don't know what happened to him. Some people say that ever since he injured his wrist, I think up in Philly, he started to shoot, his shooting plummeted. So, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they're onto something. Jimmy Jimmy found the shooters in the quarter. Struss, he he absolutely he posterized John Wall, which was outstanding to see because Max Struss. Somebody mentioned that he looked like he looked like a frat bro, and he just he, he and he had just postered John Wall. So good for the, a win for the frat bros. It's not like they need any more wins. The quarter ended with Miami up ahead, seventy-five to sixty-three. And when, then we head into the fourth quarter, where the fourth quarter was a bit was a bit back and forth. Houston, the Houston offense picked up again, and that's when the game got a bit close. But Max Truss, this was this was the quarter for Max Truss. Max Truss had three three pointers until into the fourth quarter, and the Struss went was on the loose and on national TV. He was really great on the in that game. The Rockets got hot from three and they cut it to seven but Max Struss kept us in it. Jimmy got his his first triple double of the season and he surpassed Dwayne Wade for his second most three pointer triple doubles, excuse me, in franchise history behind only LeBron James. LeBron James has I, I was pretty surprised to see Dwayne Wade have such a low triple double total. Which was really weird to see. He only had like five or six and Jimmy's already Jimmy already surpassed him. But you know, triple doubles are more commonplace in nowadays. Wall Wall was pretty good from three the, that game. It was it was really weird to see because we all know that John well John Wall has become a pretty respectable shooter from three. He made four and he shot nine. So he shot forty four percent from from deep so that was actually pretty good. By John Wall, even but Miami played the drop coverage on him, and it paid off in a couple of occasions. Miami, 
was actually play, was actually play, playing with fire. They got back-to-back offensive rebounds, and my and Jimmy got to close the game on the line, and Max Truss scored the final points of the game, and Miami won 101 to 94. That was Miami's fourth straight win, and you know we we all we were all feeling pretty well about the team. 43% from the field for Miami, 15 three-pointers, but the 20 turnovers are an indicator of what was to come. Anyway, stick around for more 305 Culture Talk. We're going to later discuss the Heat Jazz game, and then we're going to award the Heat Player of the Week and take a look at the week ahead. With the start of the NBA season in full swing, we invite you to come and hashtag PropOp on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. For example, in the NBA, you choose 5 out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has thousands more guaranteed for the NBA this season. Use promo code JIMMY, that's J-I-M-M-Y, when you sign up today and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag PropOp today. And we're back. Okay, let's discuss the Heat Jazz game. Well, this game ended in a particularly dour note. We lost by a very big margin. Now, remember, I mentioned that, you know, we held our first two opponents to less than 100 points, but, you know, they were, there are two teams that are, that don't have particularly great offenses. Well, the Heat did not, they only scored more than 100 points once this week. And it was against the Houston Rockets, and they scored 101. So again, the Heat offense needs to pick up the slack because it's not its not good. Really, it's actually really bad. Let's get into the game. The first quarter went pretty well for Miami. Uh, Kendrick Nunn got a dunk in transition to open on the scoring. Jimmy, once again, kept drawing fouls. It was a really beautiful play between Jimmy and Bam where Jimmy threw an alley-oop to Bam and he threw it down. And the Heat offense seemed to be clicking early. The it stalled a bit, you know, which you know should have served a should have served as a as a warning of what was to come. The offense stalled a bit since that hot start, and the the Heat still were winning, were were leading the Jazz twenty one to eighteen. Now, from the second quarter on, is when things started to get a bit bad. From the the second quarter, both teams started to go a bit back and forth, but Jimmy went out. The Heat offense was putrid. Jazz tied the game at 31, and and the Jazz offense didn't start very didn't start off very well. Miami could have very much won this game if they if the offense, you know, if if the offense could have like been competent at least without Jimmy on the floor. The curl there was a lineup for Miami which had no true center, My, was basically Kelly against Derek Favors, and Derek Favors will always win that matchup at least in the rebounding department and the post. And you know that was we were we were getting murdered in in the 
in the rebounding department. Which, by the way, should come as no surprise because Miami is the worst rebounding team in the NBA at a little less than 50 rebounds per game. And the Jazz are the best rebounding team in the NBA at 57 rebounds per game. So, you know, that, that was an area where we were clearly outclassed. In no, no, there was a play that epitomized this, this, this av- huge advantage that the Jazz had. Because Royce O'Neal got a really easy layup of an offensive rebound. And Bam had to come in, but, you know, the rim protection wasn't there when Bam wasn't on the floor. Because Kelly is not the answer at the center position with this. Especially against a team so big like like the Jazz. And, you know, as, as I mentioned before, Precious is in a bit of a rough patch. So Miami doesn't have the bodies to compete against a team that big. So that's something that worries me come playoff time that we face a big team like the Sixers and we cannot we don't have an answer for them so Bam and Duncan got the offense back on track in in that quarter you know with back to back with back to back dunks in transition but still the Jazz led 47 to 42 and they never looked back the third quarter started with Donovan Mitchell scoring 7 straight points that guy is incredible He's an outstanding player, really. And then, you know, it was... It served as a bit of a reminder that, you know, the Heat didn't face a... You know, the only really good scores that they faced... The only good, really good score this season that they faced the previous three games was Julius Randle. But the Rockets didn't have that truly, truly elite score. Maybe Christian Wood, but he was out for both for, for the game. So, you know... And John Wall is not, you know, John Wall is not a particularly elite scorer. But when you face a really good scorer like Donovan Mitchell, your defense gets gets tested. And suddenly, Utah was ahead by 13. Miami was, the Jazz defense was doing a pretty good job. You know, they had Rudy Gobert, probably the best paint defender in the NBA. They were forcing Miami to sell for jump shots. And when you force Jimmy Butler to settle for jump shots, you are, you're going to win those games. Because... They will not. They will not fall more often than not. Only Duncan Robinson is the guy that you can actually, you know, make. You you have to actually worry about on the perimeter because Kendrick Nunn had can be a bit hot and cold. Kendrick played. You know, he led us in scoring this game, but it didn't matter because we ended up losing. But Bam on the perimeter, he he's he's more of a mid-range shooter, so it allows the defense to stay a bit closer to the paint, and they can close off those lanes and so basically the only like lethal three point three point threat that the heat have has on the floor at those times is duncan robinson and defenses are doing a really good job chasing him chasing him off the line because i think it was i think it was bam that mentioned that that the they cannot run the same sets that they ran last year with as much effectiveness because defenses are keying in on Duncan Robinson. You know, Duncan Robinson was a was a new thing for defenses last year. And it's the it's the cold hard truth. Uh, Duncan Robinson you know he I wouldn't say he's been figured out, but that he need more playmakers on offense. You know I'm I'm really advocating for a trade now because the offense has been bad. I don't, I don't. You know, I, I mentioned that those first two games were wins, but they were closer than they should have been. The defense was fine, 
The defense is picking it up. It's the Miami Heat defense. The Heat play good defense. Aside from last year, which they were, which curiously they weren't that good on defense. But the offense needs to pick it up because the offense will will be our downfall if we don't if we don't do something. Miami got their first bucket of the quarter with when almost half the quarter had already passed. And here was an interesting stat from the broadcast. Miami scored on had only scored on three of their last 26 possessions. Three. That's that's a recipe of a that's the sign of a terrible offense. And when I I really mean it, that's a terrible offense. 15 points in the third quarter for Miami. And as I mentioned, when you fail to score 20 points in a quarter, your offense is putrid, especially in today's NBA. When you score 15, that's even worse. Miami had only six points up up to one point in the quarter. There were only there were about three minutes left in the quarter, and they had only six points. Then the Jimmy made a three, and they you know bit of bit of a let's call it garbage time buckets, and you know they they got to fifteen. George's Neon was killing us with his shooting. You know, once again, another random player gets on a hot streak against the Miami Heat. And uh, once again, the Jazz, I want to mention, they were outstanding defending the rim. The quarter ended with Utah ahead, 78-57. to The fourth quarter, the offense picked up. You know, both offenses really picked it up. 37 points for Miami in the quarter. But it didn't really matter because the... I feel like it was mostly the Jazz taking their foot off, off the gas, and you know, fight, and they stopped playing their suffocating defense. The Jazz have been the best team in the league for the past couple of weeks, so Miami's offense was good in the quarter, you could say. But the Jazz were matching every basket, every basket made by Miami, so didn't really matter. So the offense, so the game was over. Mitchell was making his shots, and the offense, yeah, Utah won. 112 to 94. 94 points for the Miami Heat in today's NBA is unacceptable. That if we were in the early 2000s, then you know that could have been good, but you cannot win that way today. Miami shot 47, 40.7% from the field, 12 three pointers from Miami, and but 17 turnovers. Again, the turnovers. They're really, really discouraging. Now let's award the uh, Heat Player of the Week, Jimmy Butler. Once again, Jimmy Butler was our most consistent player, and our best player by far this week. A triple double, two twenty-five plus score, twenty-five plus scoring, scoring efforts for him this week, and he finishes the week with average of 22.7 points per game, eight point seven rebounds per game, and eight point three assists per game. So pretty good week, G- Jimmy. But we need more of that. I want to, you know, Jimmy's our best play is our best player. We all thought that maybe Bam could take that the title, but you know, it's clearly been Jimmy. And you could you could see that in the on-off numbers. When Jimmy Butler is on the floor, the offense scores uh, the uh, the the Miami have an offensive rating of 110 points. You know, which is about 20 something in the league. It's way ahead of, of where we are right now as a team. But, you know, it's it's a big improvement. Now, the defense is where his impact is really felt. The Heat have the best defense in the league with him on the floor. They, 
allow teams to score a bit under with 100 and their, they, the opposing teams have an uh, offensive rating of 104.9 with Jimmy's on the floor. So that's the best defense in the NBA. But again, we need more offensive. We need more offensive help. Which leads us to the trade rumor that surfaced this week. The Heat were among the teams that expressed interest for Kings forward Nemanja Bialica. Nemanja Bialica is a is a forward. He's a he stands at six ten. Power. He's a power forward. You know, he's mostly known for his shooting. He's a career thirty nine percent shooter from three. But this season, he hasn't been particularly good from three. He's shooting twenty seven percent. And I wonder what does he bring to the table that Kelly Olynyk doesn't bring. That's what concerns me a bit. You know, Bialita, he might be a fine player. But I would rather, and he's 32, so he's been the older side. So I don't know for how much you can get him. I'm not sure that you can. You can get him. You know, maybe the Kings have a pretty low price point, and maybe the Heat trade like a. We have a seven. We have a seven million dollar exception, so I think he fits into that exception. So maybe the Heat trade a, like a second round pick or something for him. And we can acquire him. But, you know, we're not the only ones after him. I, I believe the Sixers were were after him as well. So, looking looking at it now, Namaya Bialica has an annual average salary of $6.8 million, which, could, which fits into our $7.5 million trade exception. So maybe a, a pick might do it for Sacramento unless somebody, unless somebody offers something more which at this point might not be the case but I don't know I think we, we might be or maybe you know the Kelly contract is really interesting because the Kelly contract is stands around 13 million I believe so we can get an impact player or we can package him with a young guy and get you know a high impact player you know Victor Oladipo or somebody else but we need a trade because the offense is brutal. And this coming stretch this week is yikes. Let's read it for you. We have four games on the upcoming week. All of them are nationally televised except for one, which was which is the Kings game on Thursday. We have the Clippers on Monday, and by the way, this is the this is part of the the seven game road trip. We already played two games of the road trip and there are four, so one more game ahead. Yeah, one this is one of this is one of the most brutal stretches of the season. Clippers on Monday in LA, Warriors on Wednesday in San Francisco, Kings on Thursday in Sacramento, and the Lakers on Saturday. We face the Lakers for the first time this season after losing to them in the finals. I'm gonna be honest. The absolute best case scenario for this week, I feel, is two and two week week. With wins made with wins against the Kings. I think we can beat the Kings. We already beat them. We beat them once. Albeit it was a really weird game because that was a game where Jimmy came back and Buddy Hill was on fire. The Clippers, it all depends on Kawhi's status. He missed the last game against the Cavs. And, well, we lost against him without PG or, or Kawhi. So, yeah, that doesn't... It's not... That doesn't exactly make me really 
doesn't make me feel confident. Well, not confident because I feel confident that this team can beat anybody. But it's going to be a really tough stretch. Stephen Curry is on fire. And without Avery Bradley there, we might have some trouble guarding him. Although the defense has been... The, the Warriors offense falls with, with when Stephen Curry is not being going supernova. But yeah, this is going to be a very interesting... Very interesting week for Heat basketball. The games start pretty late, almost all of them, because, you know, since we're on the West Coast, almost all of the games, most start 10 p.m. at 10 p.m. And, you know, it's pretty tough for us East Coast viewers who have either college at the uh, the end, the day after, or work. So, yeah, they, these games are probably pretty tough to watch, maybe, because they're going to be going on pretty late. Now let's check out where the Heat ranked this week to close out this this week's episode. The Heat ranked 26 on offensive rating. As I once once again I mentioned, the the offense is bad, flat out bad. Ninth in defensive rating, pretty good. 30th in turnovers per game, not great. 12th in three pointers made, okay. 30th in offensive rebounds per game. I don't expect that to change. And 30th in rebounds per game, I don't expect that to change either. Now let's hope that the Heat do something for this offense or the offense comes alive with the with the guys that we have on the roster but yeah i feel like there might be some additions coming in the next couple of weeks before the deadline so anyway thank you for listening to 305 culture subscribe to our feed wherever you get your episodes and follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at 305 culture pod you can also listen on dash radio via the nothing but net station Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week. Bye-bye. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.